Welcome back to the podcast, Love, Transform, Restore. This is your host, Charles Prince, minister of the Lyman Church of Christ in Lyman, Colorado. I stand before the crowd, listening for my name. They shall be crucified, this man is who to blame. Knowing what I deserve, they free me from my chains. I turn to see his wretched face. I did not know it was his grace. It's you free me from the chains. It's you took away my pain. And now I call upon your name. For you're my Savior and my King. Yes, you're my Savior and my King. Thank you all for coming back for another episode I want to encourage you all again to share the episode on your Facebook page uh, Twitter whatever social media venue that you utilize encourage you to share these as much as you can want to get the word out and for this podcast and let people know that there's a podcast out there to help us in our Christian daily walk and also in helping us to learn more of what Christianity is and what it is all about. And again, thank you all for those that have been tuning in each week. I encourage you to not just share it on social media, but to talk to people about it, um, invite them, uh, show them how to find the podcast. Uh, podcasts are growing in popularity and Still uh, ways to grow, ways to go as far as getting people on board with it. So could help those that are needing help finding the podcast or those that would be interested. Just talk with them. Let them know about this podcast and not just mine, but the numerous podcasts that are out there available for us today. As I've mentioned a few podcasts to go and talking about others such as Trey and Morgan, uh, Trey and Leah Morgan and their podcast on marriage and the Light Network and all the good work that brother Robert Hatfield and sister Emily Hatfield are doing over there. So a number of things that we have available for us as Christians to utilize and I encourage you to share the word and also to utilize as many of the podcasts that are coming out through the brotherhood and to be of uh, good stewardship stewards of those and help us in our daily walk and our daily study of the scripture. What we're going to be looking at this uh, today, I almost said this morning, but it's not morning uh, anymore. But what we'll be looking at today is out of James chapter 3. James chapter 3. In school, James is called the letter of uh, practical Christianity, you know, how to practice Christianity and, you know, pretty much the practicality and the ease of Christianity. Now, when I say the ease, this doesn't mean that the themes in this book are necessarily the easiest to follow and the easiest to do, but it breaks down some of the most fundamental rules that we need to follow as Christians. Not to say that every rule is found in this epistle 
or letter, whichever term you choose to use. But one thing we have to keep in mind is that um, a number of things mentioned in this letter has quite a bit of implications of how we are to live the Christian life. And so today we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. And this passage is referencing the taming of the tongue. And this is a very important passage that I want us to look at today for a number of reasons. Um, one, it's political season. It's uh, 2020, so which means an election year it's this year, and not just an election year, but presidential election. Uh, I've talked in previous podcasts and talking about the importance of trusting God and not in our government and instituting that change. And I mentioned quite a bit on how we should act as Christians on social media when it comes in regards to that. And while that was a little bit of inspiration to why I wanted to talk about James chapter 3 in this podcast, one thing that really stuck out to me lately that I've been wanting to talk about is the Christian etiquette of talking to one another, to brothers and sisters in Christ. I really hate to say this, but one thing I've noticed is that we as Christians will at times have that etiquette and that taming of the tongue when we talk to those outside of the church. This is not to say that we don't lose our cool, and this is not to say this is true of every Christians. I know of every Christian, I know some Christians that um, regardless if you're inside or outside the church, you're going to get treated the same way and treated in an ugly way. This is not to say this is a good thing, but it seems that we forget that being brothers and sisters in Christ, we're supposed to have that love that we're supposed to have for one another. And at times we forget that First John chapter 4 is in the Bible. You know, First John chapter 4 verses 7 through 21 uh, we'll reference a little bit of that today, not the entire passage, but it ties in greatly to what we're going to be discussing out of James chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. You can either turn to your Bibles or on your phone, or if you just want to, you can just listen to hear what this passage has to say. James 3, 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member. Yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Not every kind of, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being, no human be, human being, can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth 
from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. The taming of the tongue is very important, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And we have to do our best to ensure that everything that comes out of our mouths and our especially our actions, but especially our mouths is representing of what Christ wants us to represent. In Colossians 3, 17, we're told whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Lord Christ Jesus. And in that doing whatever you do in word or deed, um, a lot of times we think about the deed, but we don't think about our words. We don't think about the things that come out of our mouth. Recently on social media, um, it is real easy to attack brothers and sisters in Christ. And even though I said recently, I think this is something that's been going on for a while, especially since social media has exploded into popularity. And the sad truth is we at times feel that doing something on social media justifies it because we're not saying it in person. An example not using any names or whatnot, but examples that I've seen on Facebook lately. Um, there's times where I'll see new Christians that are learning or m not just learning, but might do an action that might not be correct, an action that might draw attention away from the primary purpose of God and of the Word of God. And I will see Christians correct them. Now, I applaud those Christians in correcting that particular Christian. And it doesn't always have to be a new Christian. It can be someone who's been a Christian for a while and they've done something that they might have not seen anything wrong with it. But there's Christians that will correct them. And we have a responsibility to one another to correct each other, to help uh, each other get to heaven. This is a team effort of us getting to heaven. However, the thing that I find appalling is the way that is corrected. Uh, recently, I saw posts of someone who was doing something in worship they weren't supposed to, new Christian, and I just saw so many mature Christians jumping on the post, and they were correcting this individual, but what they were doing is they were not only calling her action which there's nothing wrong in the person's action. Not only was the action called into question, but they proceed to add ugly things. And it might not seem exactly ugly in our eyes to a degree, but the reaction was really harsh. You know, there was no grace. There was no mercy for this. You know, just to think that this is the type of behavior that Christ does not want us to have especially towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we have such a tremendous responsibility to ensure that we um, show that grace and that mercy towards not just everyone, but especially towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. I felt like a lot of them have forgotten, as we talked about um, in our Romans 10, 9, and 10 podcast, the fruits of the Spirit. You know, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And especially for verse 23 there, 
of Galatians 5, gentleness, self-control. That's something that is just absolutely essential. Now, this is not to say that we take gentleness to the opposite extreme and not say anything when something needs to be corrected or needs to be done. However, we need to be careful in realizing that um, Christ was very forgiving of us and still is. He's very forgiving of what has uh, what we have done, God the Father. He's very forgiving of what we have done and what we do and what we will do in the future. We're going to falter. We fail. We are humans. And a lot of times, we as Christians forget that we as Christians are human. Correction is needed, definitely. I mean, not just in day-to-day contact and personal contact, but we're even told in 2 Timothy 4, 2, one of the main purposes of preaching is correction. And the thing that we fail to do is that we fail to realize that, yes, correction is needed, but we fail to realize that we are human. We need that same gentleness that God has shown towards us. We need that same love that God has shown towards us, that that same patience that God has shown towards us. In my sermon this past Sunday, I talked about Noah and our series of looking through the Hall of Fame of Faith and looking at God's relationship with man and man's relationship with God and talked about how Noah preached for 120 years. God's patience was so long that he allowed people a chance 120 years to get right, to change. However, that did, we saw how that ended up and those that are Bible students know that the world was destroyed except by except for eight souls that were saved on the ark as we see in second Peter 3 and verse 20. And so God has that patience and I also mentioned in the lesson that though God has that patience, a lot of times it's hard for us as humans to have that patience. I'm not coming on here saying that I'm perfect at this. I have had times where I had a um, corrected someone, but did not have that patience, did not have that uh, that uh, self-control and that gentleness that God definitely had to, has towards me and had towards me and towards my past. And so there's a lot of things that we have to realize in how we treat each other and that fellowship we have with one another and that encouragement that we have with one another and helping to build each other up and to help us and to raise each other up. So in uh, looking at what we just read at in James 3, verses 1 through 12, um, so often we read this, especially when we read of the comparisons of, you know, things that can't have both, that can't contain both or grow two separate things. As we talked about, you know, can a fig tree bear olives and grapevine produce figs? As we see in verse 12, um, can a spring Uh, pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt waters we see in verse 11 and verse 10 from that from the same mouth come blessing and cursing my brothers these things ought not to be so we look at this and we think about our relationship to the world we might uh, at times use examples of when a christian is at a workplace how do they treat their boss or their fellow co-workers what do they say to them Um, Or how does a Christian employer treats his employees or her employees? And we think about 
those words that come out of our mouth. And we got to be careful of what we say in the in the secular realm and those outside of the church. We know, we understand that and we come to that conclusion pretty well. What we don't at times take in consideration is how we treat one another. Um, it's really sad because there's times where I've seen where brothers and sisters will treat each other worse than they will treat those outside of the church. And that's a very sad thing because we ought to have that grace and that mercy because God had shown that towards us. So why can't we show that same towards one another? Now we're told in scripture that, you know, to forgive as Christ had forgiven us, as God has forgiven us. And that's a very, uh, very important thing out of uh, Matthew six fifteen, you know, um, and uh, I'm sorry, verse 14, you know, forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. You know, we, we extend that forgiveness. But a lot of times we forget that we need, we really do need to do this. This is not just words written in scripture just for us to say, okay, this is just, uh, it's here. We don't really have anything to do for ourselves to carry out this command, but we absolutely do. We have to do that. And especially towards one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. Another example that I've seen that's been very troublesome in in uh, seeing how we treat one another, and this is in the realm of politics. And I don't want to get into politics too much because we can do seasons of podcasts just on politics alone. But there's times where I will see Christians who... And I'm, and I want to make a disclaimer here. I'm not ever. I will never use my podcast as a platform to tell you who to vote for, how to vote. That's something that each individual will have to take in consideration on their own. And there's other brethren that will address that in either sermons or in uh, podcasts. And that's, you know, if you want information or want more guidance towards that, I encourage you to listen to them. And I don't mind talking privately about it, but I will never use this um, platform to promote anybody on a political stage. So I want to under make that clear and want everyone who is listening to this to understand that as I go and talk about the um, things I've seen on Facebook. I have seen Christians who do not like Trump, our, you know, President Trump, our current president at the time of this podcast, that will literally um, be absolutely ugly to any Christians who support Trump. They will be absolutely ugly ugly like they forget that they are brothers and sisters in Christ that there's something greater than anyone who sits in the White House currently and it breaks my heart when I see stuff like this because it's like aren't we brothers and sisters in Christ and we can get this easily divided over politics it's a really sad thing when you think about it and not only in looking at Um, That, But I've also seen the opposite spectrum. I will see individuals who are Christians who support Trump, and they will absolutely blast anyone that does not support Trump, especially 
fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And again, I echo my same sentiments towards the opposite crowd. Where's that love for our brothers and sisters in Christ? Our love for a politician, regardless whether who's in office or who's not in office, and I've seen this happen with the previous president. I haven't really seen this happen with uh, Bush and whatnot, but at the same time, when social media was around when he was in office, it was mainly just stuff like MySpace, and politics barely was a thing we worried about too much on MySpace, but Facebook is more of an engaging type tool as far as posting some of the same things as MySpace, but you're able to air more because that's the whole premise of Facebook is reading people's statuses, reading people's uh, pictures and memes that they share and post either about day-to-day -day life or their political leanings. And the thing that we have to realize is that regardless of who's in office, that does not change what James chapter 3 verses 1 through 12 tells us. We must tame our mouths. I have seen Christians on both sides who will have no problem praising God. But as soon as a brother and sister in Christ mentions or says anything that is contrary to what they believe in uh, politics, and this is not a reference to moral issues, in which, don't get me wrong, um, I do think that Christians, to a degree, we have a responsibility to stand up on moral issues. But again, we must treat our brothers and sisters with love, have that patience, that long-suffering, that self-control that is needed when discussing anything, especially when you think about the infamous P word of politics. You know, I see people will bash each other. And I see it all the time on Facebook. These are brothers and sisters in Christ that will go to war. At least, let me say this, war of words over something that's petty. And yes, it's not petty when you think about it in our world. But when you think about Matthew 6, and how Jesus tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, yes, including politics, is petty compared to the kingdom of God. So we must be careful in how we address one another. And as I mentioned in my podcast in, uh, in Government We Trust, you know, this is not to say that um, those that are talking about politics or wanting to um, discuss in etiquette, proper etiquette, and manners and and good discussion wise as far as wanting to create good discussion um i think that's good and it's healthy i think that's you know not just in that but in anything we do it should be good healthy conversation but unfortunately what we have done and i strongly believe this and this is i'm not an anti-social media guy i'm as I mentioned, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, even though more times I enjoy Instagram more because I get to see pictures instead of uh, looking at all the numerous uh, war of words that are going on on my newsfeed on Facebook. So I love social media. It's got a great purpose, and especially in sharing my podcast, sharing uh, my sermons, sharing others' sermons, sharing others' podcasts and articles. So it's got a great purpose, and I'm not bashing social media at all. However, I do feel like that ever since the age of social media, 
many Christians have thrown out James chapter 3 verses 1 through 12 because we feel like that speaking from a keyboard or from a phone is different from speaking to a person right there personally face to face because a lot of stuff you see on social media especially by Christians um, for the most part, you're not going to hear them, especially when they get ugly. They're not going to say that personally, face-to-face -to, -face, to that Christian there if they were to meet them in person. Might make mention of it, but we've used social media to hide behind how we feel and used the keyboard to hide behind how we feel. And we've forgotten that, yeah, we might not be speaking it personally, but the world sees how we treat each other. And it does not even have to be politically motivated. It can be simply just a discussion of a verse or a passage, or someone might bring up an idea or bring up an interpretation that they found in study. And if it's off base, or at least off base to what we traditionally interpret it, boy, the war just... There are people that will go on the offensive, and I'm not saying we don't stand up for truth. We have a responsibility to stand up for truth. Um, you know, we are, you know, Jesus, when he prayed to the Father in John 17, he wants us to stand on that truth, and he acknowledged what that truth is in verse 17. You know, thy word is truth. And so we understand that Jesus has a very high priority on us standing on that truth. God, the father expects us to stand on that truth. So we have that responsibility. So I'm not trying to down that responsibility. We have that obligation. However, there's times where we do not tame our tongues online. And unfortunately, I, you know, I said that we hide behind the keyboard, but what I'm finding more and more now and nowadays is that we used to hide behind the keyboard and we still do to a degree, but we've allowed that expression that we've gotten so used to getting away with on social media to spew out personally. We now treat each other worse. We, what used to be able to have healthy discussions now, it's just... It's really bad when you see how far we have gotten away from wor the word of God and understanding that we have that responsibility to tame our speech. And yes, we see in James chapter 3, 1 through 12 and talking about that the tongue cannot be tamed and that, you know, it's a very powerful force. However, that does not mean that does not mean that we can um, do whatever we want. Because, yes, you, uh, you know, it talks about um, tongue setting, uh, you know, being like a fire that sets a, uh, sets a whole forest ablaze there in verse 5. However, you know, what's interesting, though, is that fires can be contained. And, yes, they cause damage. And, yes, our speech will cause damage. But the question is, because we're going to mess up. You know, we are not going to be perfect with our speech. However, we must ask ourselves, what am I going to do when I do mess up? What am I going to do when I have let my tongue control my actions and my speech? What has happened when we let it run loose? Words have caused a lot of damage. 
there's an old uh, saying that I've heard for years, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will, um, will never hurt. And truth is, words do hurt. Words cause people not to be in Christ. I have met people who no longer attend services because somebody had let their tongue run loose. Someone had let their tongue just out of control and say things that or and and the and the thing that's so sad is a lot in a lot of these situations what the Christians and mature Christians, especially what they were saying to a lot of other Christians, and it don't have to be new Christians. It could be very mature Christians talking to other very mature Christians. So, and in some cases, I've even seen new convert Christians who will talk to mature Christians and those mature Christians will stop coming. So I've seen it across the board on um, numerous different ways of how the interactions go. And the thing that's sad is a lot of times what I hear them, what they t say to me and what the person or group of people I said to them wasn't in fact necessarily wrong, but the way they said it, the way that they did not have love in their speech, the way that they had said it and the way that had came across, the way that they just did not have that patience did not have that self-control, just spewed into a huge forest fire and has caused damage. So we have to be very careful in our speech, and especially towards one another. And I said we was going to look a little bit in 1 John chapter 4, so we're going to go ahead and do that right now. In 1 John chapter 4, um, we're not going to read the entirety of this passage, but uh, verse 7 to 21 is one of my favorite passages. As a matter of fact, I preached my uh, tryout sermon <laughs> here at Lyman on this uh, passage here and realizing the importance of loving one another. And I just want to focus right now on verses 7 through 11. I want to focus on this out of verse 21. I encourage you to read all the way to verse 21 and not just verse 21. I encourage you to read the entire letter of First John. But in First John chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love God, who does not love, does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his, holy, his only Son, only begotten Son, into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 9 is especially important and uh, realizing that the love of God was made manifest through his son. And then when you get to verse 10, is especially important as well. And this is love. That we have, that not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. So even when we were unlovable to human standards, God still loved us. Again, I'm not saying this is a pass to let people get away with whatever they want or let brothers and sisters get away with whatever they want. Not saying that at all. However, we must be careful about our speech. 
we must be careful how we are portrayed because think about how we treat brothers and sisters of Christ and not just in the realm of politics, but I want to go back to just in them making mistakes, either on social media or in real life and the way that many Christians are so quick to address those problems on social media. And it's really sad because what happened to Matthew 18 and going to that person that is in the wrong and talking to them. If you're not familiar with Matthew 18, uh, Matthew 18 is extremely an important passage here because one thing that we see, especially in verse 15, and we're not going to read the entirety of this because um, verse 16 through 20 of, Ma of Matthew 18, 15 through 20 is important. But the reason I want to focus on verse 15, because many of us, and I say us because I've been guilty of this. Again, this is not saying I'm a perfect individual at this. I've done this myself and I'm ashamed that I have. And I pray that I do not do it. But I have a feeling that it might happen again. But I want to try everything I can not to let it happen again. But in Matthew 18, verse 15, it says, If your brother sins against you, tell, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. In verse 16 and following through verse 20, it talks about the rest of the process. If don't listen, bring two or more. Not tell the congregation. If not, you know, to... Uh, and this is the whole idea of church discipline and withdrawing fellowship from a brother or sister in Christ. And the reason why I didn't want to focus on 16 through 20, that's why we didn't read 16 through 20, because verse 15 does not even happen with most Christians. Most of us don't do verse 15. You know what most of us do? We go straight to verse 17, but instead of telling the church we tell the whole world. You know, social media is one of the worst ways to address sin unless, you know, something is so, don't be wrong, I'm not saying that we shouldn't address it on social media, but the way that we have gone about it is almost as if, like, we just completely lost all biblical training and lost the fact that with us being Christians, we are called to be Christ-like. And how Christ had handled things just got, this got thrown out the window and boom, we're ready to pounce. We, you know, we um, read in first Peter about devil being a, roar, a roaring lion seeking who may, he, he may devour. And unfortunately we, we as Christians have become roaring lions, roaring lions seeking which brother and sister we can devour as soon as they make a mistake. And that is one of the worst things we can do as Christians. If you see something that is not right, and I will give credit. I have seen a number of Christians who I will give. This is probably one of the most common things I've seen. A Christian might share a meme or a post that has a cuss word in it or has something inappropriate in it that they might not have seen. And one thing I will see is I will see Christians that will comment on there saying uh, it has something inappropriate or they'll private message the individual saying that some that what you shared is inappropriate. And then later on, you'll see them. I'm sorry for sharing this particular post. I didn't realize I had that in there. Please forgive me. And, what, you know, and stuff like that's great because even when pub 
when commenting publicly, there's no ugliness to it because what has happened when you see a lot of times when you see Christians comment on stuff like that, what and that's the thing I love about this example because many Christians have given the benefit of the doubt. Either have given the benefit of the doubt that they didn't know it was there or the benefit of the doubt that they did not recognize that this particular thing is not appropriate. And that's beautiful and that's beautiful because that tells you that we can have that tame we can tame our speech. We can say what needs to be said without setting everything ablaze. As we saw in James chapter 3 and verse 5. We don't have to set everything ablaze. We can address issues. And it can be done. And I respect those Christians that have done that. And I've had people comment to me on stuff that I might have shared or and have uh, posted and had something inappropriate that I totally missed. And I, you know, and, and I replied to me, thank you so much for letting me know. And so there's a lot of good on social media as far as how we treat each other, but there's also so much negative on how we don't show that grace and that mercy towards one another and realizing that we all are in this fight together. And the thing I like to ask the Christian, you might think to yourself, well, um, but I spoke in the moment or that, you know, this person should know better. You know, why should I have to tame speech, you know, if this person should know better? And the question I have to ask is, well, if you was in their shoes, would you treat or would you respond to the way that you've responded to that person? Would you want him or her to respond to you the way that you have responded to them? And answer most likely is going to be no. And some of you might say, well, well, yeah, I could take it. But that's the thing, though. We forget this as well. Not every human is the same. You cannot have a blanket response to how you treat every problem or any issue that comes up with brothers and sisters in Christ. There are some Christians, I'll say this, there are some Christians where being blunt or having to get show a little bit of, uh, you know, that tough love is needed. But even with that, there's a difference between showing tough love and just plain out just being ugly and judgmental without even realizing the context of the situation at hand. And so we got to be careful with that. We definitely have to be careful in how we handle because each brother and sister take things differently. We have to address situations differently. We can't just have a blanketed response. And even if you are not trying to sound bad on social media, sometimes when you read stuff on social media, it can easily get taken the wrong way because all you're reading is words. And if words on social media can sometimes give off a meeting or give off a mood that you might have not tried to get across. So how do you easily correct that? Private message. Contact them. Call them. I mean, if you don't want to, if calling's not an option, message them privately. Get to the bottom of this. Or even if... Uh, you know, even if they don't check Messenger or other messaging apps that often, just comment there, I PM you or I private message you or I message you, you know, and, and message them. Address the situation at hand. Don't just go in guns blazing on social media. And, and the thing that really just, uh, really just 
perturbs me is that I've seen Christians who will not even address the situation, but will call another Christian names and don't even tell or explain why, why their action is wrong or why what they've done is wrong. So I encourage us to study James 3, 1 to 12, because it gets so lost in our minds, especially in the world we live in with social media. So I encourage us to definitely keep that in mind. And not only that, but we must realize that being baptized, coming in contact with the blood of Christ, of course, of having done the other steps as well of hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, and addition with the baptism, coming out of that watery grave, a new creation, we have a responsibility to have those fruits of the Spirit, and not just to have them, but to show them to not the wor- just the world, but also to one another. You know, in Galatians 6 and verse 10, you know, it's saying that, you know, we're told there to do good unto all, especially those of the household of faith. You know, that's the thing I find intriguing is that the Holy Spirit wanted Paul to put, especially those of the household of faith. And in looking at that and and the context and to a degree to a benevolence aspect. However, why can't the same be said as far as outside of the benevolence aspect? Why can't we be especially good to those of the household of faith when it comes to correcting problems, when it comes to addressing issues, or just in simply in speech, or just talking with one another on things that might be divisive like politics and things of those nature. So it's something I think we could all work better on. And if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, that's a great way to get a fresh start, great way to get um, to be part of that new creation, be part of the Lord's church, and to realize the blessings we have and letting our speech be beautiful. Yes, it's not always going to be easy. It's going to be hard at times, but it can be done. And we must not give ourselves excuses to why it can't be done because we are expected by God to have that same love, that same grace, that same mercy that he has given to us. So I pray that if you took anything from this podcast, if you haven't took anything from this podcast of as of yet, I want you to keep these things in mind. First, I want you to realize that we need to be careful of what we say, because not only is the world watching, but our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ are watching, and we can easily lose people to the world by just simply by misusing our words. Two, we must also realize, and I want you to take this from this podcast, no, I'm not saying we don't ever address issues. We need to stand up for the truth. We need to stand up to help correct our brothers and sisters when they are in the wrong. And each brother and sister needs to be addressed differently on how to um, address these issues. However, we must realize that God is so gracious towards us, we need to be gracious towards one another. Thank you all again for tuning in to this podcast. It's been great and having... uh, you all tune in tune in next week we got two more episodes before the conclusion of this series and um which i didn't realize when i had planned my two-week hiatus to help plan for season two that um would be in georgia so it would be perfect time to for me to and my wife and 
hiatus and get stuff ready for season two during that time so um two more then the end of season one we'll start season two middle of march and so keep tuning in keep spreading the word and like the facebook page love transform restore podcast like it subscribe i mean like the page and i encourage you to keep spreading the word you all have a good rest of your day god bless and to god be the glory Took away my pain